No, he insisted, these streets are now safe. And this is only the first step. We're going to make all of California's streets look like this. Yeah, you bet. Predictably, it turned out to be just another opportunity for Newsom to snuffle like a piglet between the cheeks of Ricochet Rabbit again. Welcome to the Political Party Pooper Playbook. And if you thought all we did was sit around thinking up ways to poop on empty suit politicians, well, you'd be half right. This is indeed the P4B. I'm your host, the salty and delicious Matt Jordan. Today, more Diesel, Quick Hits, and John Kerry. Kerry tells you that he and the WF are going to screw you. If you're on Substack or you get my text on RSS, you can follow along in the text below the audio line. You'll find footnotes, links, and all kinds of interesting stuff. Still being fascinated. I'm still reading the mysterious case of Rudolf Diesel by Douglas Brunt. There's a link to where I first mentioned it. I usually have two or three books open at one time, and I wanted to finish the next in a WW2 series of novels that I was engrossed in, and I did. Now I have time to dedicate my morning reading to Brunt. I can tell you most confidently it's a worthwhile read. The complex threads Brunt weaves into the story have a dual effect. As I said before, the long-standing power connection between the government and cronies, that's called fascism, that drove corruption then is still prevalent, or more so today. More on this in a bit. But it's also an excellent history about things large and small, as it demonstrates how small things, uh, Diesel's love of art and conflicting views on militarism, for example, give color and life to the large. I'm about halfway through the book. Perhaps I'll do a proper review on it when I finish. I should probably do one on the After Dunkirk series as well. It's an interesting historical fiction loaded with little factoids we never knew or have long forgotten in the sea of low-rent TV documentaries that are so popular these days. Sugar boom boom, I'm chasing dragon. This dragon's got my hand. Sugar boom boom, I'm robbing people, but I'm an honest man. Sugar boom boom, I'm chasing dragon. My copa, I was wrong. If you're if you're following in the text, take a screenshot. This doesn't happen often. I told you that the pathetic wretches Gavin Newsom had scraped from the sidewalks in San Francisco in preparation for Xi Jinping's visit would be back within a few months. That was incorrect. It took about a week. Newsom, his nose still brown from his previous visit to his comrades in the CCP, held a news conference during the great disinfection of San Francisco's streets. When asked the obvious question about the stunt, he was most firm. No, he insisted, these streets are now safe. And this is only the first step. We're going to make all of California's streets look like this. Yeah, you bet. 
Predictably, it turned out to be just another opportunity for Newsom to snuffle like a piglet between Ricochet Rabbit's butt cheeks again. And this is the guy most likely to replace Biden when old Joe steps aside after the convention. Remember this. Think about what a shit stain California has become in the last few years. As president, Glamorous Gavin will not only allow the entire country to become California, he is determined to make it happen. It will be intentional. A bullshit? A bullshit? A bullshit. And a quick question. Where in the hell did the bony, confused old puppet come up with $200 million for Ukraine last week? Did the Federal Reserve issue him a personal checkbook? Chew on that and hit me up in the comments. It should provide a lively discussion about who would be allowed in a real constitutional republic to spend money. And yes, by that phraseology, I'm implying that we're no longer a real republic. We haven't been one since LBJ, possibly as far back as FDR. The United States of America, as identified in the Constitution, no longer exists. Do we have enough patriots to revive it? Is there an insult which would go low enough to label congressional Democrats? I really like British and Australian comedians. They have real moxie. They frequently refer to the weak, ignorant losers as cunts. It sounds funny as hell when they do that. Surely this week, watching events unfold, they'd refer to the House Democrats as cunts. And they'd be right to do so. I would never do that. I never employ such language. But comedians loyal to King Chucky might. There's a footnote. As of this writing, the crackhead has flaunted the congressional subpoena in a remarkably stupid way. He stood in front of the building he was supposed to walk into to give testimony. Strictly speaking, if you don't show up for a subpoena, you best have a damn good reason why you cannot physically be present. But the crackhead was physically there. And he used the opportunity to insult the entity that issued the subpoena. Pretty damn stupid. Naturally, the House Dems circled the wagons to protect the crackhead. The cons, uh, oops, sorry, complained this initial appearance by the crackhead was supposed to be a closed-door event. That somehow invalidates the exercise. Well, for four years of the previous administration, in support of charges devoid of the least validity, the very same Dems held countless initial closed-door hearings on the subject. Most of the proceedings were held in secret, but now they bitch. How long will you let these creatures represent you? John Kerry spews cringeworthy truth from his blue blood blowhole. When the cult gathers in Davos every year, they spout the most egregious affronts to individual rights and decency. They capture themselves on tape doing so. Then when called out on it, 
they deny saying such things in interviews. Ignorant drones on social media, welded to their tribe in blind loyalty, call quoting the Davos cult conspiracy theories. All this is led by their cult leader, a ridiculous German who likes to dress like a Klingon, Klaus Schwab. He is the Jim Jones of the wealthy, power-hungry, private jet crowd. These rich geeks think the lyrics to If I Were a Rich Man are an example of valid philosophy rather than the simple-minded cynicism they were intended to convey. When you're rich, they think you really know. This collection of wealthy wingnuts has convinced themselves that since they built computer businesses or designed better mousetraps, they've been endowed with a mystical knowledge of everything. They conclude thereby that they should be the masters of all life on the planet. Don't get me wrong, at least some of them realize the nonsense about global warming, population crisis, etc., all of which they make up, is truly bullshit. Some don't. But they all know the manufactured problems they claim to combat should be their ticket to untrammeled power. Their greatest advantage is that the stupid true believers are working at all levels of Western governments. These are both professional politicians who have never put their hand to real work and career bureaucrats most of whom owe their existence to busy work, mini empire building, and spinning the wheels of bureaucracy to create the illusion of activity. It's through these drones that the cult is gaining traction for their ideas and ambitions. And what are these ambitions? One way to find out is to browse this substack. I've taken on the Davos and WEF cult frequently over the last few years. The buttons in the text below the audio line lead to examples both here and at the Revolt. The cult's immediate priorities. It is through listening to John Kerry in a recent interview with France 24, there's a link, we see the immediate plans of the Klingon worshippers. They have decided in the near term to go after your food supply to control population growth. Naturally, Kerry uses global warming as his casus belli. Let's dip in, shall we? Idiotic point number one, population. Quote, this has already stretched food and energy needs and supplies. UN projections say the figure will balloon to 9.7 billion in the middle of the century. Kerry is concerned. To quote him, I don't think it's sustainable personally. Why is this such an idiotic point? Well, first, right out of the gate, the article mentions food and energy. The assertion is that there won't be enough to feed everyone. Until recently, despite piss-poor planning and the glorification of urbanization, the United States had a pretty goddamn good agricultural sector. We, along with Ukraine, were among the countries that fed the entire world. But now, as Kerry expresses his worries about feeding all those humans, he's doing his best to make it impossible. And while he's saying this, his cult, the WEF, is convincing their drones in government to eviscerate the farming sector with propaganda about farming causing climate change and global warming and the need to cut back on fertilizers. 
If we are going to have more people on the big blue marble, we need more food, not less. The cult knows this. That's why they're attacking the farming sector. They want it to fail. They need it to fail. It must shrink and become unstable so they can buy it and control it. The Chinese know this too. They're in bed with the Klingon and buying up huge swaths of farmland in America. Bill Gates is doing the same thing. He'll tell you it's because he cares. That has nothing to do with it. It's all about how many calories will be made available to you in their retarded new world and who will sell them to you. I said I'd get back to the diesel book earlier. Here's the parallel. Bill Gates and the Chinese and the rest of the Davos WEF cult care about you in the way John D. Rockefeller cared about people in his day. He didn't. He set out to corner markets for every single thing he sold. In the process, he found more things to sell and monopolize again. That is the thinking that drives the Davos cult. They intend to do it all by breaking modern agriculture first. Sri Lanka as a cautionary tale. Let me wax tangential for just a minute or two. When the Davos WF cult announced their plans to use Sri Lanka as their testbed for farming to prove they know better than farmers how to grow food, their drones across the globe applauded. The project was a propaganda bonanza. At the time, Sri Lanka was a tiny country with a dense population. It relied on exporting annual surpluses of food for income. The Klingons' minions convinced or cajoled or bribed the Sri Lankan government to immediately halt imports of real fertilizer. Farmers were told to use natural compost. The first year, yields were in the toilet, of course. Only a hopeless idiot would expect otherwise. By the second year, the population was broke and starving. Instead of seeing it for the failure it was, cult drones in the media blamed the resulting shortage of cash for being the original problem that led to the crash of the Sri Lankan economy. This is revisionist history written within a year of the failed green scam. The propagandist said it couldn't have been farming methods. Established, quote, organic growers had yields as good or better than regular farmers during this inhumane experiment. And, quote, organic farmers got a premium for their tea. Some of you see where this is going, but some don't. The first clue you can glean that this is propaganda is that organic farmers always charge more for their product. It's a labor-intensive, low-yield operation in the best of times. It doesn't provide any additional nutritional value over farming. And they have a captive clientele who will pay more so they can impress other idiots that they only buy, quote, organic. So when Davos and the Sri Lankan government trash the nation's farming sector, organic farm yields didn't come up to compete with real farming. Real farms failed to the point of yielding what the little organic farms could yield, which is not enough to sustain Sri Lanka as an agricultural exporter. So no, asshats. It wasn't the shortage of money and credit that destroyed an agricultural success story. 
It was a harebrained cult scheme that destroys Sri Lanka's farming, causing a loss of cash and credit. If anyone tells you different, and they are trying, it's a lie. And through the manipulation of fertilizer guidelines in the U.S., along with restricting the use of natural gas in the process, there's a footnote, the Davos drones in your government, backed by the Davos kingpins working to corner markets for their own benefit, are doing to our ag sector what they did to Sri Lanka's. And you're going to fall for it. Or are you? Much more in a minute. Ich hab ihn nicht denn die Auskunft, dass mich jeder anruft. Immer dieses Klingen, alle sagen, es sei dringend. Ja, bin ich denn die Auskunft? Lass mich doch in Ruhe. Ich kann es nicht mehr hören. Okay, let's take a break. I don't know about you, but I need a couple of minutes of happy, happy, joy, joy. And we have that right now. The holidays are here. Uh, the time of year between Thanksgiving and Christmas is my favorite time of year. I hope that's true for you too. Please, as you celebrate this year, don't get caught up in the hype. The gifts are fun, but they're not that important. Take pictures, but don't be like me getting so focused on taking pictures that you lose the actual experience of the moment. See everything around you. Your kid's giddy smile, your granddaughter's hair, your neighbor's crazy over-the-top decorations, the quiet time before you go to bed. Take mental snapshots of your family and friends. Inhale it all deeply. Immerse yourself in it. This is usually the point in the podcast where I would talk about our main support, Poe River. And I will put some pics and links in the text. But I can no longer guarantee arrival by Christmas for the designs I have made off-site, mostly mugs, clothes, and ornaments. There is a fair chance it will, but I can't promise at this point. Even my in-house stuff will be a tight squeeze. But whether you do order anything or not, I'm hoping you are looking forward to the next few weeks. I realize some people reading this don't get too amped up about the holidays. They don't have family or they don't like crowds. So, social obligations might give you anxiety. For you, I'll suggest that you go through this time and just be you. Don't interact in a way you think people expect you to. Seek joy your way. Smile at strangers and say hello. See how many smile back. Wish everyone well and be grateful for the ones who reciprocate. And my challenge to everyone is to look out for those who you know are alone for the holidays. Seek them out. You know who they are. Invite them to talk about things they care about. Make them smile. Take a mental snapshot of that. Be grateful for the joy you'll feel at seeing them happy or grateful. The two-stroke reciprocating engine of love is never so valuable or evident or as easy to operate as it is during the holidays. Use it.
Okay, back to America and the wider world. Along with their patented GMO veggies and taters, the cult wants to sell you their fake meat. They claim this will fight global warming, but fake meat plants will emit more pollution and greenhouse gases per pound than real beef, pork, or chicken. The cult and their bankers, BlackRock, Vanguard, and so on, own the fake meat industry and the bugs for food industry. They know their shit won't be nearly as satisfying as the real thing. They know they won't reduce pollution by a single cubic liter. So they will need to destroy the real thing. They'll reduce it down to a level of production and raise the price to the point so that only they can enjoy it. There's a page somewhere on YouTube who shows Klaus Schwab explaining to us unwashed that in the future, meat will only be for the rich. In other words, John Kerry et al. are not the least concerned about feeding the masses. They are concerned with controlling the markets and selling you everything you will be permitted to eat. If these power monkeys were as smart as they pretend to be, they're not, They'd have been striving since their inception to expand the farming sector, possibly improving the chemicals used in fertilizer to make them even safer. They would have been touting the benefits of real healthy food production. They'd have encouraged the training of young people how to be successful as farmers themselves. But they didn't. If these power monkeys were smart enough to run everything, they're not. They'd have seen decades ago that we were reaching our demographic productive peak, which we did in 2019. There's a footnote. They'd have encouraged us to decentralize, reduce urbanization, and not rely on tech to save us. But they didn't. The fact is, the cult and their government drones don't know what is good for you. They only know what they want to do to you. Climate alarmism which I referred to as the new religion, there's a link, isn't real. It's a tool, a magician's misdirection. These people are using an Orson Welles flimflam to spread panic and get you to fall into line with the rest of the drones. Crap! I'm several minutes into this segment, and I've only scratched the surface of one bullshit article. See, this is how prolific is the manure spread by these charlatans. So what else did the BS article say? Global warming is exasperating the problem. The landmark 2015 Paris Agreement calls for capping global warming at well below 2 degrees and 1.5 Celsius if possible. End quote. This kind of talk gets funnier and funnier every goddamn time I see it. These people don't know how to achieve anything like what is touted in the quote. They just don't. They make it up out of whole cloth. First, they make up the problem. Global warming, climate change. And then they make up fake figures to fight the fake problem. They tell us if we cut X amount of carbon or carbon dioxide from the atmosphere, there's a footnote, we'll throttle the global temperature by X amount. They don't know that. They have no idea the effect. The West has made radical reductions in all kinds of pollutants, including CO2, since 1970. 
radical reductions. And yet we are told that had no effect. So how can more reductions result in the exact temperature reduction? 1.5 degrees. Kiss my ass, liars. And as I've said on this substack before, they claim to know how to control global temperatures to within a few degrees. There's a footnote. They can't. But not a single one of these schemers, charlatans, can tell you the optimum temperature of the Earth. Are we moving toward it or away from it? None can explain the greening that's occurring around the Sahara Desert. In this light, the article goes on to repeat the old GWCC scam line. Quote, Cattle rearing for human consumption, food waste, and deforestation further contribute to warming, which in turn is responsible for droughts, flooding, and extreme weather conditions. End quote. Jesus, what an amazing substance this devil gas CO2 is. Like its partner, methane, as designated by the cult to find new villains, it can cause floods and drought. And of course, it causes all manner of imaginary, quote, extreme weather conditions, unquote. When asked to catalog those conditions, the drones and cultists just get mad at you. Continuing the point from the previous week about Rockefeller compared to modern monopolists, these guys are playing you. They're using the long game con to acquire total control of government and economies for their own gain and that of their progeny. They truly wish to go down in history as the creators of a new feudal system in which you will be the serf providing these modern lords with luxuries while you eat the bugs and the fake meat they require you to eat. Another way to look at it might be a global company town. They monopolize the output. You get subsistence, nothing more. Anything you do buy, food, clothes, furniture, comes from their stores only. You will be warehoused in their smart cities. I've mentioned those several times before. You'll be monitored, controlled, and obedient. Be sure to use all the buttons at the top and bottom of the text. We live and die by the share and subscribe buttons. Send inquiries to poriverproductions at gmail.com. Thank you very much for joining us today.